Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I'm your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and wellness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, to pick back first fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, guys, is going to be all about success. That's right. We have a success coach coming on. What does that even mean? I don't know. You don't know. We're going to all find out together. So without further ado, let me welcome to the show, Bobby Kaler. Give her a round of applause. And welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me as a guest. I love it. I am super pumped to have you on to kind of hear your story, hear about what you do because success coach isn't really something we've ever had on this show. So it's a little bit different and I'm really excited. Cool. So without further ado, why don't you first tell us what is a success coach? All right. So good question. So basically what I do is I help people work on the goals that are important to them, right? How are they creating their lives in a way that matters to them? All aspects of their life and how can they be successful in those areas? And I'm kind of their partner in that. So that's what a success coach, that's what it is. So you're just helping people succeed, whatever goal that may be, whether it's bettering themselves, bettering their business, uh, just being the best version of them, themselves and what they can accomplish. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. So take us back. How did you get into this field? What's, what's your story? I know you have some crazy stuff going on in your life. So take us all the way back before you were a success coach. Okay. So I think the origins of this came from, as a kid, I was diagnosed with catastrophic speech problems. That's what the, that's what the speech pathologist told my parents. And my mom, luckily, was like, we're not going to listen to that, right? Because you don't let someone else tell you what you can or cannot do. And so she worked with me and I did have bad speech problems. It's not like the speech pathologist was uh, <laughs> too far off the mark. So as you can imagine, I hated speaking in public because it was excruciating for me and for everyone else. And so when I was in the eighth grade, I realized like, this is going to become a real big barrier for me if I don't learn how to move past it. So I decided to take a speech class when I went to high school. And as luck would have it, Mr. Jordan was my speech teacher. And I gave my first presentation and it was terrible, absolutely terrible. And Mr. Jordan asked me to stay after class. And I thought he was going to say, you know, don't bother coming back. <laughs> but instead, he said, you know, Bobby, I think you have potential. And he said, you know, would you consider joining the speech and debate team? And I was flabbergasted because I'm like, but I'm so bad at this. And But he believed in me. And he said, you know what? Coaching is a partnership. And he said, if we work together, he said, I think you can be successful at this. And he said, I think you can compete and you can win. And that's where my love of coaching really came from because he really showed me that through coaching, through that partnership, it doesn't matter what our present performance is, we can work towards a greater potential. And, and that's where it came from. That's amazing. Like you had a coach in a, a teacher of a class that you took that you think you thought you were going to bomb at yeah. all of a sudden come back and is able to kind of pick you up from your bootstraps and help you not only fix any kind of speech issue you had, but yet alone go in a speeching competition. Right. I mean, it was amazing. 
That's tell us about that first competition you did. So you know, like you're, I want to hear like what was going through your head, what were the emotions <laughs> going on, and take us through that. Oh my goodness! So the first tournament I went to was called Kickapoo. It was in Southwest Missouri. That was the name of the high school. And Anthony, I was so nauseous. I was so nervous. Uh, I don't think I've ever sweated more than I did leading up to that. I was terrified, right? Um, but I also had this strange excitement because I'm like, what if I can actually do kind of well at this? And I didn't expect to win that tournament, but I wanted to do well. And I wanted to see what the, because we got judges feedback. And I thought, you know, it's it's going to be a learning experience, right? And, you know, it, it was a learning experience. And, and but But the thing is, the judges' comments, they helped me understand, like, what did they, what was I doing well? And also, where are my areas for opportunity to get better? And that's also what Mr. Jordan did for me. So it was, you know, there, it was this continuum between fear and excitement. <laughs> and I had to focus on the excitement piece of it to get through the fear. But um, it was amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. And I think the first few tournaments, I was nauseous. Just oh, like, what did I get myself into? Why did I say yes to this? But it was, it was fun at the same time. So you thought about quitting. Actually, I never thought about quitting. Really? No, no, because I decided I was going to do it. So if I was going to do it, I was going to do it. There was there was no turning back. Um, that doesn't didn't mean I wasn't hoping maybe the bus got a flat tire on the way there <laughs> sometimes. Like, but but it was. I think I would have been disappointed had I not done it. Really so this is like just a typical example of somebody who's has someone telling them they can't turning around saying I can. Finding someone that believes in something they can do and then take your biggest fear and just overcome it. Head on. Just head on. Did you go back to that speech pathologist and be like, look at me now? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I did not. Um, I actually, and my, and my mom never let me work with the speech pathologist either. And uh, which caused, we, we grew up in a really small town, right? And it, that caused some uh, a little stir of excitement because the, the teachers would call my mom. Parents would say to her, Kathy, that's my mom's name. Why would you let Bobby work the speech pathologist? And her answer was always the same. Why would I let her work with someone who has already decided that she's going to fail? And I think that's, that's another piece of coaching, right? We have to believe in the person that we're coaching because if we think they're going to fail, what are we going to coach them to? to that's that? huge. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 that's, that's big. It's that predetermined notion that when you surround yourself with people who constantly try to pull you down, you're eventually yep. just going to give up and say, well, I can't do it anyway. That's right. Because that's the message you're bombarded with. You know, so so I'm they say you're, the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. So if you have five people hanging out with you that believe in you, you're going to succeed. If you have five people hanging out with that, just, nah, we're just not going to give up on our own lives. That's ultimately going to have an impact on yourself. Yep, because that becomes your water that you become that you swim in. You know? Absolutely. So, what's the next step? You were talking about something from you have this issue going on, and then later in life, you had a doctor tell you something similar from correct? Uh, well, yeah, uh, that was 2003. Because in 2000, I started my business, was just started, uh, decided to go out on my own. 
In 2001, my then boyfriend, now husband, Rick, we decided let's move from Chicago to Portland, Oregon. We didn't know anybody, but we thought, well, we'll start the business again, which I wouldn't recommend going to someplace where you know no one. It can be done, but it's hard. And we got to Portland two weeks before September 11th happened. So then the economy, it was a bad, I mean, just on top of everything else. But like most entrepreneurs, you start a business, you're working really hard, you don't take care of yourself. And in 2002, like mid-2002, I started to notice like I was always like really tired. Um, but I thought, well, you know what? So push through it. Everybody gets tired. Big deal. And I stopped doing the things to take care of myself. Like, like I stopped working out as much as I used to do because I was always a runner. Um, and I always did weights. And I stopped that because I didn't have time. I stopped eating well because, again, I didn't have time. And over time, what happened is I was getting progressively more tired to the point I couldn't stand up long enough to take a shower. Wow. Yeah, but it didn't occur to me because it happened slowly. Like if this happened overnight, it would have been like, I got to go to the hospital now, but it happened slowly. Um, and then on March 6th of 2003, I woke up and I could no longer raise my forearm to brush my teeth. And that's when it occurred to me like, you have a problem. <laughs> and, and, and that that began like this odyssey, uh, you know, seeing a lot of different doctors about six months in. I had a doctor. They did all kinds of tests. And he's like, based on our research, we don't know a lot about this yet. But the early research, only three percent of people will, will experience a full recovery and um, full recovery to what aspect full recovery to being able to function or just be alive. I, I took it to be able to function. It, I, you know, that, that's what I took it as. Um, but then a later doctor, this was two years later when we were doing similar tests, we did the test. He's looking at the results. He looked at me and he's like, Bobby, we have to do these results again. And I'm like, okay, why? And he said, cause they can't be right. And I'm like, why not? And he said, because if these results are right, you'd be dead. He goes, it's impossible that you'd be alive. And so we did the test again and the results were exactly the same. And he's like, I can't explain it. I don't know how you're alive, but you are. So now, now we just figure out our way forward. And what had happened, it was my adrenal glands. And at that point, not a lot was known about it, but there's adrenal fatigue, exhaustion, and collapse. And I was in the collapse mode where I think normal is between three to 500 or five to 700. I don't remember that part for sure, but I was at a 15. Wow. And yeah, I was a long way. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it was a big hole I had to climb out of. How, where did you start? That's that's the biggest question. You're I mean, you couldn't even lift your arm to brush your teeth. So yeah. Where do you start from that? It it was slow, right? I mean, I spent months where my husband, well, at the time boyfriend, he brought me all my food. Because uh, our bedroom was upstairs, and I couldn't, I didn't have, I couldn't walk up and down the stairs. Um, but when I finally found a doctor who said I can help, and that was eighteen months in, eighteen God. months in, um, started with nutrition, right? Started by changing the way I was eating in the morning because I wasn't getting enough protein to start the day. Started with supplements. Um, I also started doing. She had me start doing acupuncture and massages. And it was a very, very slow road. But that's what she told me. She's like, it'll take at least minimum two years. And, and then uh, that was pretty close to being right. It was about two and a half years because I had a couple setbacks along the way because I pushed through when I shouldn't have. Um, 
but yeah, it was just, it was painful. I remember the first day I went out for a walk when she said, okay, you're well enough to, you can go for a walk, but don't overdo it. And, um, I made it to the end of our driveway, which is about 30 feet long. And that's, I was sweating and shaking and that's all I could do. And that was discouraging. Cause that, like I say, I was, I'd always been a runner. So I'd yeah. run eight, eight miles every other day. Um, in under an hour. And now I can, I can barely walk 30 feet, but that's where I was. And that's what I had to deal with. What happened the next day after that? Did you walk again to the end of your driveway? To the end of the driveway. And then slowly I started adding in like five to 10 feet to the, until I made it to the end of the block. And then, you know, which was four houses away. And then I made it up to six blocks. And every day I just stayed focused on what can I do today? You know, and, and not overdoing it. Cause I did that a few times and that would always create a a big setback where I'd spend a few days in bed, like, oh my God. I mean, my body told me when I overdid it, my body was like, okay, you're not getting the message. You're going back to bed for a while. I have this just correlation running in my head right now where, I mean, you were suffering from adrenal issues and that yeah. it's a small population of people that really are that bad with adrenal issues. But Very what this small. sounds like is which a bigger population with the overweight and obese population is going to have that same exact issue. Walking to the end of the driveway, if you're a few hundred pounds overweight, that's going to exhaust you. You do yeah. too much. You're not getting out of bed the next morning because you're so sore. So it's, it's that same exact mythology that you did that can help these people progress more and more and more every day moving forward to live a better life. So I love that. That's right. You know, and, and it's not going to feel good either. You, you don't want to go back if you feel that way. You know, you're absolutely right. So where, where are you now with that recovery? We're talking like what, eight years ago. So, Oh, that was, that was 2003. So yeah, 18 years later. So it took me 10 years to get fully five years to get back to health, five years to become, I would say really well. Right. Because you can't, you can't spend, I mean, I gained weight, you know, because obviously you know, spending time in bed and everything, but also I, all my endurance was gone, my stamina, my strength. So I, I had to start at, you know, basically zero. And uh, now I am an avid cross country skier. Wow. This, year I was, this year I was out because we moved to where we live. So, cause we're two minutes from the Nordic center. Cause I love it so much. This year, I was only out 77 times because we didn't have great snow. The year before, it was 97 times. And this year, I'm hoping that I get out more than 100. But so, and I live at 9,000 feet in, in the Rocky Mountains, so it's not flat. I'm also a road cyclist. So I, you know, I bike to the top of mountain passes here in the Rockies. But Anthony, when I first moved to Colorado, my first bike ride, it was like a half a mile. And I thought I was going to die. It was so hard. I mean, it was just so hard, but it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. That's just where I am now. I just got to keep putting the work in consistently and I can get there. I would love to do an adrenal test on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm thinking it'd be pretty good now. <laughs> or like a blood oxygen test to get oh. an idea of, cause you're living at 9,000 feet. So you got to be pumping. Your heart's got to be working real well right now. Oh my God. It is, I've, I've, the, the blood oxygen, I know, I think I went in for my uh, something and it was 99 or hundred, it was really high, but now I go, I, I've been training differently on my bike instead of pushing hard. Cause I like to, 
push through things. So I started this new methodology because a year ago or six, I don't know, I kind of tapped out at my speed and I'm like, I can't break through this. I can't break through it. So I started training where I, I, I keep my heart rate under a certain level. And, and the promise is if you do that, you build your base and eventually you can, you can ride harder. So now I'm up to my, 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 I'd always been about 13.2 miles per hour, which isn't bad considering the elevation and the, and the climb. Yeah, That's it's pretty awesome. good. That's pretty good. Now I'm at f over 15, but my heart rate averages around 120 for the ride. Wow. So, yeah. Which is awesome considering yeah. I'm, I'm climbing. That's that's super impressive. So you've had two events in your life. Oh you yeah. You had your in high school trying to get over something, uh, got over that and tackled that issue, which in turn your success from that was able to motivate you with your excess with your adrenal issues and help overcome that. And now everything else from this point forward is just easy. You're like, <laughs> I got this. I don't know. I, I would hope so, but you know, who knows? Oh, uh, definitely. I can tell just from talking to you, your mental fortitude and <laughs> what you bring forward is amazing. Thank and you, you have this amazing energy about you. And it's just people that have adversity like this, that really like life just says, no, get down there and tries keeping you under the people that fight back and eventually come up to get a breath of air and start working up and pushing more and more, those are the people that are going to be the most successful people in the world because you've been at the bottom yep, and you know what it's like and you know how to get yourself up. So that's why that in and of itself is a story because so many people get buried and then don't fight back and just accept. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is a great segue because this is what you do. You that's have right. those people. Right. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how you help people that are stuck at the bottom, feel like they can't move forward and take us into a little background of what your coaching is. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, uh, my coaching or my coaching and I operate on three fundamental truths. Okay. The first one is that the future can be changed. Obviously, that's kind of core to, <laughs> to my <laughs> stories, right? It doesn't matter where you are. And, and here's why I think that's so important. In coaching people, what I've seen is so many times we get locked into what our present performance is or our present circumstance, and we think that determines the future. No, it doesn't. It is just where you are right now. I've coached more than 3,000 people in my career, and that's a promise that, or a statement that I know to be true the future can be changed because I've helped so many people do it. Um, the second fundamental truth is that you can change your future. You, you don't have to wait for someone else. You, you, don't, you don't have to wait for someone to show up and rescue you. Another way of putting that is you are the hero of your own story. And I, and I believe that to be true. I think that we all have this, this deep well of potential and, and, and capability, and it's about tapping into that. Because, because we have that within us. And then the third fundamental truth is that you don't have to wait. Because so many times people will, they think they have to have the perfect plan or the perfect goals or they have to have, know all the answers. And the thing is, you know what? You're never going to have all the answers. It's never going to be perfect, right? So I always think about it this way. Get started and learn your way forward. Because this is another thing that I believe. You can learn whatever you need to learn 
along the way. We're built to learn. It's just knowing how. So th- that's that's kind of what I guides love that. me. <laughs> I'm thinking right now, just like an entrepreneurial standpoint, because I host a bunch of networking groups and stuff. And I, have you ever heard of the MVP model for entrepreneurs? MVP. I've heard. What is that? Re- refresh my memory. Minimal viable product. Yes. You're taking base of what you have. Uh-huh. It's not perfect. You don't want it to be perfect because then when you launch, you have the capability of changing your model, changing your service, changing your product to what the market needs because it, you'll never have the answers written straight out. Trust me. I mean, uh, yourself and I being business owners is just <laughs> like I when I started three years ago is nowhere near where we are right now with what we do. And I'm sure you can attest to that. Oh my goodness. And part of it, Anthony is like some of the stuff you're, you're doing now or that I'm doing, I didn't even know existed when I got started. (laughs) How could that have been part of my vision? No no idea. And you look at like, uh, I think the perfect example is like Jeff Bezos. Like this guy's a billionaire right now. He started with what he did in his garage, launching Amazon, like that doesn't, it was nowhere near what they do now or how they run now. And this guy's a billionaire. That's right. So you could take that into health and fitness and say, you know what? I can better myself. I can be more athletic. I can make it to the end of my driveway, depending on what you're looking at. And your plan doesn't have to be perfect. That's right. And, and, and those are all successes depending on where you are, right? So, because I think people compare themselves. I, have, I was asked this recently, how did I not compare myself to the athlete I used to be when I was in that recovery mode? And the answer is I couldn't. Just like I can't compare myself to other people because that's, that's going to take me in the wrong direction. It's going to become discouraging. Absolutely. And I want to read through those three fundamental values you kind of mentioned yeah. before. So your first one was that your life can change. The future can be changed. Yep. Which I think is amazing and pretty self-explanatory on itself. It's not having that thought that this is what I'm giving and this is the end. Because it's That's just right. not true. When we've heard from people like yourself that it's just not. <laughs> yeah. The second one I want to talk about a little more. Yeah. You can change your future. So what would you say to somebody that came to you and says, I can't change my future. I have no control. The outside ABCDE is holding me back. Talk to us a little bit about that. That gets to recognizing where we have choice, right? And this is what's surprising for a lot of people because sometimes it can feel like we have no control. But when you really start digging into where you have choice, right, that's what gives us that sense of empowerment. Um, Stephen Covey talked about it, right? The circle of control versus the circle of uh, concern. And most of us, we focus on the circle of concern. All those things that we're worried about and some of those things we don't have control over. But when we start focusing on where do I have control? Where do I have choice? Number one, we feel more empowered. Our stress goes down and that circle starts to expand because we start to be more creative in how we solve things. So that's really, I, I think, where you dig in. Control the controllables. That's right. We hear I'm it all really the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. We hear it because it's true. Take things that happen on the outside that you have no control of. Listen to them. Accept. 
That's right. Work within your what you said, the things you have aspect. I can control how many steps I walk a day. That's I right. can control how much I can work out. I can control my breathing. I have all this control over my own body that other people do not have. And that should empower yourself to believe that you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And the third one, just remind me again what it was. You don't have to wait. Talk right? to us about that one and how you yeah. would suggest someone, well, I got to wait for Monday. I got to wait for uh, financial stability or whatever my doctor's visit. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So now sometimes, you know, if it's a doctor's visit, maybe you do need to wait, you know, but but in general, people tend to think I have to wait right before I have the plan, before I have all the answers, before the stars align, whatever. I believe that we can learn what we need to learn. And I, and I, and I call it learning your way forward. And it begins with taking action. Right. So there's three A's. Right. The first one is act. Take some action. I don't care how small it is. If it's walking into your driveway. Fine. That's what it is. That's what it was for me. The second component is to assess. How did that go? What did I learn? And then the third component is to adapt, right? So based on what I did, based on what I learned from it, how would I adapt that for the future? Um, and do you write these down? Do I write them down? I, what do you suggest to your clients to write down what the scenario was? How did I adapt and how do I move uh, forward? Actually, if people are open to that kind of journaling, it's incredibly powerful. It's something I did years ago when I was in management. I was really young. Like, I think I was 19 with my first, I was managing a fast food restaurant and I was not very good at communication. And, and it, you know, I had that light bulb like, oh, you're not very good at this. <laughs> so it was like, okay, well, how do I learn? And so at the end of every shift, I would journal about what interactions went well and why, because that's important. It wasn't just luck. You know, what did I do to contribute to it? What interactions didn't go well and why, how did I contribute and how would I change those in the future? And it's really powerful because when we think about how would I change something in the future, we're actually building the equivalent of memory muscle in our brain so that when those interactions come up, we can act. It's incredibly powerful. I love that. You're rewiring your brain because it is yeah. so true. When you, uh. instead of taking something, I... I have this talk with so many people, so I, I'm just fired <laughs> up right now. You mentioned that because I have people in my ear all the time saying, nah, that hero issue, that's the end of it. No, break down the issue. Mm -hmm. Listen to it. Okay, how can I fix it? And that's about taking control. That goes back to controlling the controllables. That's right. What I heard, what do I have control over this scenario? All right, maybe it doesn't fix the whole thing right away, but... I could slowly change and adapt certain parts of it to give myself a better outcome or better probability for a better outcome. That's right. That's right. Because here's the thing, like, you know, when I started my process way back when in 2003, I didn't know what the outcome could be. I didn't know what it could look like. And here's another thing. I'd never been cross-country skiing or road cycling in my life. <laughs> you know, I just knew if I took action that seemed to make sense, I was going to get a better outcome than if I did nothing. I mean, it was just that simple. I, I, I can't tell you. I, I just, I just want to bring this back. Like again, like when I had doctors just telling me that like, that's, that's it. You're done. They just, 
no, I'm not done. And then I would go try to do something and I would have setbacks because I'd overdid it. And I just, yeah. I was trying something that's never been done before. And I would just be miserable for 24 hours. Yeah. And was, nope. Got to get back up. Got to go do it again. What went wrong? Fix, adapt, go. Yep. It's that huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's how we move forward. So I, I absolutely love that. I want to start kind of wrapping this up a little, Bobby. So I'm going to ask you, what is something you could leave to our listeners as a piece of inspiration or advice? So if you were to sum all this up, what would that advice be to them? Yeah. Um, do not get bogged down by your present circumstances or your present performance. You know, I mentioned that I had to climb out of the hole. The, I went to a health club. This was a few weeks after getting a clean bill of health. And I was on the treadmill and I walked a 30 minute mile. That was painful. And I was sweat. I mean, it was, and it was hard. And I used to run eight miles every other day in an under an hour. And my heart rate was 170 at the at walking a 30 minute mile. When I was a runner, like my resting heart rate was under 50. It was discouraging. And, but that was just where I was. And I just kept going back and I didn't push, I didn't push too hard, but I did the consistent work. So just please do not get stuck with where you are because you can change it. Do not get stuck. The life, life can change. Life can change. Last question. The best okay. one of all. Where can people find you? How can we get a hold of you? Give us all the deets right now. <laughs> all right. All right. That's an easy one. I was, I was prepared for something really hard. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, best way is probably through my website. It's just bobbykaler.com. You can find my links. To, I have, I've got a blog there. There's a way to contact me. Links to my podcast. Also, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. That's a great place. I'm, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Not quite as active there, but I'm in all those places. Absolutely love it. And thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Health and Fitness Redefined. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button and join us next week as we dive deeper into this forever changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey, not a destination. Until next time. For us, we know what it's like to feel unhealthy, depressed, and downright defeated. We want to show others there is a right way and through fitness, you could do anything you set your mind to. Fitness can give you that motivation, confidence, energy you need to bridge that mental gap and prevent you from missing important life events. We understand it's about feeling better, living longer, and being good examples for our kids. We understand this because we live it. And for us, that's the redefined difference.